Welcome back to another episode of Getting Strange with Stevie Mo. I'm Stevie Mo, and I'm trying to do a really good radio uh, intro, but you know what? I got a professional who can do a better intro. Uh, how would you do the intro, Dan? For your show? Or just uh, for any show. Yeah, whatever this uh, this awful uh, <laughs> degenerate behind a microphone, What would you? how would you do this? <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Stevie Mo. Welcome back. It's time for another... Another uh, well, see now you got me muddled up now. See, <laughs> hey everybody, it's Stevie Mo. Welcome back to another uh, edition of the Ayatollah of Hunting Rolla. Your buddy, Mister Stevie Mo, the Bearded Wonder. Hey, let's get into it. It's seven seventeen and some change, and it's time for a weather. Heather, what are we doing today? Okay, see that. <laughs> see now that's that. Uh, you know, th- don't ever think an old timer can't uh, can't show you a thing or two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I totally messed that up, actually, but you're fine. Hey, I like the uh, Ayatollah of uh, uh, Hunting Ola. Hunting Ola, yeah the uh, I, the yeah, I, the uh, old Ayatollah of rock and roll. Um, I missed yeah. his concert. I uh, wish I would have seen him in Iowa City, but uh, I've seen him perform other ways. In the pro Nick? wrestling, oh, um, I bet. I now I got I got to ask you. So all right, so for those of you who, who don't know, Dan, thank you for joining me. Um, oh, I get my honor. Too far ahead of myself. Uh, you know we've met each other quite a few times. Um, you're a radio host out of Des Moines, Iowa, and now when you said Missouri, correct me if I'm wrong. You said you aired in St. Louis too, right? Yeah, actually, Steve, I do a couple different shows i got the saturday morning show out of des moines iowa on 1350 espn that's that's been on for 20 20 years and then i've got the uh, ktrs outdoor show out of st louis missouri on the big 550 ktrs that's been on for 25 years that's it and then i and then we started this outdoor call radio network so i actually own an, my own radio station that's all outdoor talk 24 7 so i'm busy yeah hey <laughs> busy is a good thing you know and then yeah Especially in a, in a, you know, radio world, podcast world, which is something that we're going to get more into at a, at a later time in the episode. But, you know, I got to ask, you've been doing this for, you know, well over 30 years. Uh, I, you know, being in Des Moines and, you know, those other areas now, I, I know you've met some pro wrestlers. Like, you had to have done when they come in and you do the radio show or you just, <laughs> I, I know you had to, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you? No, uh, you know, what's really funny. I grew up uh, in St. Louis. So my dad used to take me when I was little down to key, uh, wrestling at the chase. And I got to meet, uh, uh, let's see, I got to meet uh, Fritz von Erich. I got to meet Dick the Bruiser, uh, Pat O'Connor, uh, Harley Race, handsome yeah. Harley Race. Uh, all those, you know, I'm 58, so I'm probably a little, I'm a little older than you. I got socks older than you, actually, Steve. <laughs> but uh, um, I, I, growing up, I got to meet those, hor- you know, those those pioneers in wrestling. And uh, I, I tell you what, it was neat because you, I mean, you were right there, right ringside, and you could go and uh, you could they get thrown tables and chairs into the down towards the audience and stuff. I mean, you never knew what was going to happen, but uh, yeah, that was my dad loved professional wrestling back then. That um, that to me, that St. Louis area is incredibly awesome. Now, I I had a chance to uh, meet Harley Race. I didn't. He was doing an autograph signing, like right at uh, right at this hotel in Davenport. And man, I just I didn't have the money to make it. I was a I was a broke kid working in a record store, 
my buddy Greg went and Greg is a Greg's like a super old school hardcore dude from way back when, like the early days. And uh, there's a picture of him, Harley Race, and you can see inside of Harley Race's um, shirt pocket, there's just a pack of Marlboro Lights hanging out. And I oh, yeah. mentioned that because Greg smokes Marlboro Lights and he goes, who do you think went and bought him the soft pack? I'm like, you bought Harley Race a pack of cigarettes? He's like, yeah. I'm like, that is so awesome. And man, yeah. he just he just died. But dude, you know, you want to talk about some really bad dudes back in the day. Um, and I heard like he was like a legit tough guy. Like, you know how it used to be, you know, guys coming into towns and then, you know, going into like small towns. And you heard about like um, countless guys, you know, where they, they, you know, some drunk hillbillies try to size them up. Like, oh, you do that pro wrestling thing. And, you know, you forget why some of these guys got these jobs it's because they're badasses you know used to work in bars and things like that and <laughs> you know our- well, I, my dad my, my dad told me him him and another friend of his were down in st louis this had to have been back in the late middle of late 60s and dick the bruiser uh was in town and they were they were at a restaurant or a bar and these guys were harassing dick the bruiser and this other wrestler i can't remember who the other guy was steve-o but uh, anyway, the, they just ignored him, and then uh, one of the guys, I'm pretty sure it was Dick the Bruiser, but uh, the guy said something about, well, I guess your football, you know, you suck playing football too, because I think Dick the Bruiser played for the Packers, if I remember right. If I'm going trying to go back, and if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but it, anyway, he cleaned the bar. He, I mean, he, he just let him have it, and uh, yeah, I, you definitely don't want to be rude to a, a professional wrestler. Yeah, one of the most notorious ones is uh, he was one of the Wild Samoans, Haku. I, th- this would have been probably 80s, late 80s, um, early 90s. And they said, like, Haku, you know, they, they were like, he is like a legit tough guy, like biting dudes' eyeballs out, like f- fighting cops when they tried to come and arrest him. It's just like people, people were legitimately afraid. Like, he didn't get fired because people just didn't want to fire him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then I hear stories like a guy was telling a um it was it was like a call in thing that um and actually, you know, talking about podcasting, um Colt Cabana has a has a podcast where he was like one of the first indie guys to start really making a name for himself in the podcast world. And this is years ago, but it was yeah. recently this guy was talking about he had like a newborn baby and Haku was just holding the baby and he's like, Can I get the baby back? And Haku's like, No, and he's like you're not it's it's weird to see this guy that you know is that legitimately tough. Yeah. Just holding a kid and like now you can't get your kid back. Like what are you gonna do? <laughs> just say, can I please get my can I please get my kid Yeah. Back? But he's just enjoying himself and it's like, man, he's like like he's because like, he's a grandfather too. Just it's, yeah. it's I don't know, it's a it's a wild thing. And obviously you know I'm a pro wrestling fan. That's why I had to ask who you've met. Well my my favorite one I ever got to meet was in St. Louis was Roddy Roddy Piper. Oh yeah, and I loved Roddy Piper, man. He was he was actually a really nice guy. So I've I've heard some kind of interesting stories about him. Uh, you know, just depending on if he was, you know, what kind of mood he was in. Yeah. I I've, I've heard more positive, but you know, you hear about those times where he's just yeah, you don't want to piss him off. Yeah, actually, hey Steve, I just looked it up, and Dick the Bruiser. It was Dick the Bruiser. He played for the Green Bay Packers, nineteen fifty one to fifty four. Okay. So I'm not I'm not totally senile yet. No. Well, that's <laughs> you know, that's kind of the thing. You look at a lot of those old old pro wrestlers and they were a lot of times football players. 
Like, they would play football, and they weren't making a whole lot of money then, so to supplement the income, they would then go wrestle in the off time. Um, A lot of guys went over to Japan and made almost more money wrestling in Japan than they did, you know, back home, because you could make almost double your salary, and it's like, you know, you work. You got to work a lot of dates over there, but, I mean, you're not in America, and I... (laughs) There's a lot more stuff you can get away with, you know, but there's also a lot of stuff you can get in trouble for. But, you know, I'm just I'm I'm really fascinated with that. Obviously, I'm a big, big pro wrestling fan. Like, I love the business now. Um, I grew up in the Steve Austin era. But what's really starting to fascinate me is not that um, 80s era, but more of the 70s. And now I really want to start getting back into like the 60s and the 50s. You know, kind of find out why, like guys like Muhammad Ali loved uh, Gorgeous George so much. You know, yeah, uh, well, just, he was a show, showman. Yeah, I and yeah. like Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson and even like Ric Flair got a, a lot of their yeah showmanship from him. And it's in the fifties. Like that's kind of wild to to think about the fifties and the sixties. And then of course you got um, you know just it. I don't know. The territories always fascinate me. So anytime I get anybody on that's from like an area that I know a little bit about like a pro wrestling history, you know, whether it be like, oh, you're from Minnesota, New York, Florida. I, I always got to bring that up because it's, yeah. it, you know, it's one of those one of those things that with the territories, um, you didn't it, it wasn't it's not like it is today, you know, in radio kind of was that same way now with I guess this would be the transition into more nationalized broadcasting so you didn't just have territories like if you talked wrestling in Memphis that's all you knew was Memphis wrestling like Jerry the King Lawler if you yeah. lived in New York you know radio kind of, and I'm I know you've seen that transition of you were always just doing a local radio then all of a sudden things started getting broadcasted and you know people like I remember when I was a kid, Bob and Tom started kind of bleeding into our area, uh, the Quad City area. You know, when we had, we actually have some anomalies, guys that have been on the radio for 30 years, and they're still the most popular people in here. Uh, Dwyer's and Michaels, I don't know if you know who they are. Uh-uh. But they've, I mean, they've, they've made a killing just uh, doing their morning show. And, you know, with podcasting now, a guy in Illinois can talk to a, a guy in Iowa and can talk to a guy in Minnesota, Alaska, you know, and broadcast it out there. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating thing. I mean, your perspective, obviously you've done this, this is what you do. What's it been like that transition and like, how are you keeping up, um, you know, with all this? I mean, is, is it been a headache or is it something you're like, dad, I don't want to do this too much longer. Or what's your well, I, listen, I, I, I'm kind of jealous of you guys because, you know, everybody in their, in their young, in their late teens and middle twenties and early thirties, you guys have, uh, you have a way to do things that, you know, we never had before. Um, I started at a real small station back in Missouri and then I had to keep growing and, and, uh, I, I, I was just really lucky. The man upstairs kind of helped me through it, but uh, it wasn't by talent, that's for sure. I just I was at the right place at the right time, and it, I I got into from one small market station to a mid market station, and to and then I got on to like the big five fifty. I've been on there forever, 
and that's a that's a, a larger market uh, radio program. But I, I'm starting to see, you know, we didn't have YouTube like you guys got now, or uh, or Facebook, or you know, the social media stuff. We, you know, we actually just had to put stuff out and, and run on terrestrial radio stations. Or if you didn't have terrestrial radio, you tried to put it on VHS or cassette or, or you know, and then that, that transition to DVDs or CDs. And you try to go to shows like the Deer Classic or other, you know, stuff like that to get people to, you know, get an interest in it. And I mean, that's how we had to do it. And when I first started TV, um, uh, Outdoors Traditions TV, we, we were really lucky because we were on for, uh, we ran 20 years and when I started, there was only like 20, 25 shows, you know, there wasn't like the thousands and thousands of TV shows that are out there right now. And the industry was still small enough where you could still run a radio show or a TV show. You could go to ATA, the archery trade show, or you could go to shot show out in Vegas um, and talk with uh, manufacturers and, you know, have a conversation, have a handshake deal. And, you know, it was a lot easier to build partnerships. On the media side, things are way easier now. You can get on your social media platforms. It doesn't cost you a dime except your microphone or your or your laptop or whatever you're using, you know, to, to put everything together. But on the money side, is it's harder because you got so many companies that are buying everybody out. So, you know, it, there's a balance there, Steve. Steve Mo, I, you know, you, it's easier for people to get started now, but it's harder to make money. Where before it was easier to make money. But the you know the uh, the technology stuff wasn't there, you know. It's just it's just like that that uh, that outdoor call radio app I we talked about a few minutes ago. You know, I would have never been able to do that five ten years ago. That that technology finally came through, where uh, you know anybody can go and start their own web based TV or radio station, and and get on there. And the the blessing of that is I've got, I've got so many friends over the last twenty five years, like Fred I. Michael, uh, you know Michael Michael Lee from Backwoods Life, uh, Scotty Lacey from the Sporting Chef and Dead Meat, Hank Shaw, who's a James Beard Award winning chef. Um, we've got uh, you know Trev East Coast Trev. Oh yeah, Trevor, yeah from the Outdoor Drive. Uh, I've got all those guys and uh, a few ladies that are on on the station every week. So every you know every day we got different programming, and I don't have to worry about getting cassettes or uh, you know splicing tapes together. I can just have people download MP3s into a Dropbox file folder, and I can upload it to the network. I mean, the it's the simplicity of this stuff is amazing. It really is. Yeah, for me doing this, because um, I, I know when we first started, uh, when I was with WCB, and that's how actually we met. When we first started doing podcasting, it wasn't as easy. Um. You know, you started seeing the trend of there being big podcasts out there. And uh, I want to say going back, let me backtrack a little bit. I And I had always wanted to get into radio because the only thing I'd ever heard was, hey, you got a great voice. But I'm like, what, you know, what's the, do I want to just stay in one area or like where do I want to go with it? And we just talked about this uh, today, me and a, a, another guy. We were talking about just um, how the Howard Stern show kind of came to be. Yeah. And when satellite radio came out, like that was the bee's knees. And then you started having more national shows. Commercial free music was cool. But, I mean, you know, you could listen to all sorts of ball games. Like you didn't have to be in market. Like if I want to hear a Cubs game on the radio. 
I could just get, get XM radio. And then, you know, then when the YouTube and the podcast, everyone started uh, getting them started coming out, it's so much easier to, to get a hold of stuff. But when we started, uh, man, our equipment was, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't good. Like even looking back now, it was, I'm not, it wasn't top of the line by any means, but even the top of the line gear, like then is nothing compared to some of the cheap gear that you can get now. Yeah. It was kind of, you can get into it really inexpensively now. That's, that's the nice thing about it. Yeah. Really, really inexpensive. And, um, for pennies on the dollar, you know, to have a, have a streaming service up and running and put on all, all platforms. It, it was a, it was a little bit of a challenge back then, but man, they've made it so easy and I like that because you never know who's out there. I mean, I, I like uh, I, I like that almost anybody could do it. Whereas, you know, I think about this a lot. Like, who was the, you know, funniest comedian that never made it? Who was the best guitarist that no one ever heard about? You know, who was the uh, smartest guy when it came to, like, diagnosing computer problems that could have a tech podcast that we obviously we would have heard about them, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's just it's all those things that I'm like. There's so many knowledgeable people that could potentially put something out there that we otherwise never would have never would have known about. And I I like it. Um, I do feel like though it's and I and correct me if I'm wrong, but I do feel like with all this access to all this free stuff, that maybe the radio market's starting to take a hit. Um, I think terrestrial radio, which is what you call anybody that listens through the, you know, your train, you know, your radio at home or in the truck or yeah. whatever, you know, I think terrestrial radio is always going to have a place, Steve. I, I, I think with, you, you know, your demographic, anybody that's 25 to 54 is starting to, the, the thing that they like about podcasts or online or streaming is they can listen whenever they want. You know, they don't have to tune in to a certain time. They can go back and listen to the, the, the feed of the the show that morning, you know, that's, that's kind of where I got the idea for the outdoor call radio, because that way I can still do a live show like a Wednesday at five, or I can, I can run live, whatever I want, but you know, they can, I, I take three or four shows and I loop them all day. So you can go and tune in anytime during that 24 hours and hear the, the programming for the day. And I think the convenience factor is what everybody is gravitating to, to be honest. That's just my opinion though. Yeah. And I, you know, there's a there's a lot of guys that uh, guys and gals that work in places that, um, you know, some oh meeting's gonna end in ten minutes. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm cheap. I didn't I didn't buy the updated Zoom, which oh, they want fine. me to do, and I'm gonna have to. I got a, I got a Groupon. If you want a Groupon, <laughs> yeah, I think I thought Groupon was outdated. I haven't heard about Groupon in like years. I'm old, Steve Mo. I, yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm 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 starting to get old because like kids are starting to use slang terms that even I don't get now. I'm like, oh, hold on, no, this is not right. <laughs> you you don't know you're old until you open the mail and you start getting AARP stuff every day. That's when you know you're getting old. A buddy of mine it just hit forty and he got one. <laughs> I, I, I take that thing and I put it in the shredder every time I get it. You yeah. ain't getting me, you you rascals, you. <laughs> and that's how you know you're old when you have a shredder. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I have a shredder, and, and her name is Judy, and Judy <laughs> loves the shred, man. <laughs> um, yeah, where I was, uh, where I was going with the, um, 
the thing a lot of uh, a lot of places that you go in and work you can't have a cell phone with you um right. i know i've worked in certain factories that they're afraid that you know it's going to blow up so all you got is the radio you know if you're at working in an office and you can't listen to anything explicit you know a lot of times there's that there's that radio, and so there's that nice convenience, and especially when you get, like, a good station. But um, I noticed there was quite a few stations around this area that now started to change, and we started losing the local morning hosts, and then they started um, feeding in, like, um, I guess I, I don't know what you, what you would call it, like a national... Uh, yeah, they're piping in programming. You know, they, they automate it, so they do that. They do that so they can save money and not pay local hosts uh, and they do it. So it's, it's, it, the content's already there for them. All they got to do is just have a board op and, and run it. And then they can mix in their local commercial spots and they do that to save money. Yeah. It's, I guess it, it's kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> because I, I do like hearing local radio hosts and I knew uh, I'm the same way. I'm always going to be a small market radio guy. I had more fun. When I started doing radio a long time ago, I mean, we go do the the local fairs, you know, the small fairs, county fairs. Oh yeah, and we we buy an old truck and we we did we do like an ugly truck giveaway. I mean, people would come out like, you know, you know, all they got to do is listen to the radio and qualify and get they'd get a key and you know a fifteen hundred dollar beater. I mean, this thing was just beat the snot. But man, everybody was going out of their way to to uh, to win that to win that truck. I mean. I love stuff like that. You know, the no baloney sale where everybody comes out at the furniture store and gets a big thing of free baloney. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you, 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 I'm telling you what, local small radio, I, I'll always have a passion or a place in my heart for that because you can always have a lot of fun and, and you, you, stay con, you stay connected to your community that way. Yeah, there is one station that everybody talks about that I, I knew, and it's out of this little town called Erie, Illinois, and you can pick it up certain times. And allegedly, this is the way that stations work back in the day. But, you know, I'm a big music head, too. And it won't be too strange for them to play like a Stevie Ray Vaughan song. Then you'll hear like the Isley Brothers next. And then the new Black Keys. And then like Dwight Yoakam. It's just it's like this is just good music. Yeah. That it's it's a small town. It's a very small market. So like. You know when when their advertisers or or someone's having a garage sale this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we used to we used to do a thing called Tradio, where you could call in and do, you have like a garage sale on the air. Like if I had arrows or you know broadheads or you know whatever tree stand, I could call in and say, "Hey, uh, this is Dan. I've got a I've got a 1975 uh, lock limb tree stand. I'd like twenty five dollars or best offer." And then you give your phone number. You sell it like in ten minutes. I mean, I love that old programming. That's man, that's that's radio, the good old days. Radio Tradio, man, that was a great show. Man, that's that, that's before the uh, FCC came and ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah kind of lost uh, lost track of time. So if we do get cut off here, I'll uh, again, I'll I'll send you a yeah. new um, new invite, and we'll okay. uh, we'll make it seamless. Right. But uh, I'll be right by the box. Steve Mo. <laughs> right by right by it. Sorry I'm so cheap, dude. This is a new thing to me, and I'm like, uh, dude, Zoom Zoom's Steve, starting to get me. Steve, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um mm-hmm. what did I, I I wanted to bring up uh I wanted to bring up something um had to do with with radio. I think it was at national national syndicated radio. 
Yep. One of the best shows that I ever heard, and this is when I was a youngster. Dr. Laura. No, even better. <laughs> Actually, you know, you know what I listen to on Saturdays? Uh, at Home with, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, uh, shit, at home with uh, Gary Sullivan. Like, I'll catch myself if I'm, like, out in the sticks. I can't pick up, a, like, a cell phone signal. Like, if I'm, like, hunting, I'll just be driving, and this guy's like, man, I got, like, water in my bed. That's one of them, but the best one it was uh, Coast to Coast AM. Oh, George Norrie. Uh, I yeah, it used to be Art Bell. Art Bell was then, the guy. Art Bell was the guy. And then George Norrie, I actually worked with George at KTRS in St. Louis. He used to do a show called The Nighthawk, and that's how he got he uh, he got on. Uh, uh, whenever Art went on vacation, he would be like a one of the co-hosts or special fill-in, and uh, he that's how he got the the coast to coast. But yeah, Art uh, George and I we'd all, he'd always be talking about flying saucers or ghosts or Bigfoot or whatever. I, I actually love Coast to Coast, man. I, I thought Art Bell did. A, I used to love that show myself. Yeah, it was like three in the morning, man. You're driving home and you're like, what are these people talking about? Like, shout out. God, I love it. I miss it. Um, Art, 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 there's there's two guys at my door. They're wearing black suits, black hats, and sunglasses. What do I do, Art? (laughs) (laughs) I've heard some like weird tales about people finding uh, finding some of the people. Like this guy claimed that he he was a time traveler, and I think it was it might have been George Norrie. Ended up finding this guy, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I stole some like radiation and shit." And like, they think the feds ran in on him. <laughs> yeah, was uh, was George Norrie oh, a cool it's... dude? He he seems like a cool dude. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's it's a nice guy, and just a little bit out there. Like, it's nice seeing him on uh, Ancient Aliens. I'm like, hey, I know that dude. But that was the the website to go to uh, when you wanted to look up like paranormal stuff, like. UFO videos and ghost videos, and then like the, my favorite are the shadow people. Like shadow people, oh, the shadow people. They, they, there's nothing that beats shadow people. It's like I saw the shadow and it walked past me, and it's like, <laughs> how could he say it's a shadow person? But yeah, I like the I like the folks that actually go and say, you know, I was out in Oregon the other day and I saw Bigfoot and I, I just couldn't st- I just couldn't believe I was seeing this humanoid, this this uh, this eight or nine foot person. And then it just vanished. It went interdimensional. That's why Bigfoot's never been found. It's an interdimensional being. I, I, that's that's exactly what I, I that's exactly why I know Bigfoot's real. It, you know, it's like, OK, how does Bigfoot morph from one dimension to the other? I can't even get across town without taking forever. Come on. <laughs> he's he, he's got something. That's why he's uh, rarely photographed <laughs> or she could be. Uh, she. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. This is the. Actually, huh? <laughs> this is it. Now, this is a there's a guy that uh, used to. I mean, he was an old school hunting guy and he's got some footage of bigfoot that looks legit yeah i remember back in the day kurt was like man this looks too good he found like a bunch of the yetis just sleeping just man i'm trying to think of who it is he I, he was like one of those old school uh one of the old school like one of the first guys that had a hunting show well kurt gowdy fred bear wasn't fred bear or kurt gowdy was no it? i mean when i say like first guy that had it like that Let's say like earlier nineties. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't tell you on that one. I haven't heard that one. I'd like 
like to see that myself. I will. Uh... I, you know what? I keep, I keep, I keep an open mind on that stuff. I, I just think with all the telemetry and, and satellite imaging and everything with trail cameras that we got out there, I think we would have found him, but you never know. You know, there's a lot of things we, you know, around running around that you don't know about yet. So. I mean, think about this. Um, just something as simple as you always wonder what happened to a certain deer, you know, yeah. or you've never seen this deer on camera before, but yet you've hunted these woods all your life. Yeah, Larry McCoy just says I stink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Larry Mac. Well, oh, left lane, Larry. Oh, Larry, yeah, Larry doesn't cut me any slack, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, that is a curious thing about the, um, about as many trail cameras as we got, why we don't have more evidence and things like that. And as many people are out in the woods now and as good as camera phones are, we yeah. still get blurry photos. Oh, and there it is. The free meeting has ended. All right, let me get him back in here and we'll be good to go. Let me pause this. All right, we're uh, we're back after that uh, that brief intermission. That uh, you know, if I had sponsors, maybe this uh, <laughs> this shit would be paid for, but uh, eh, I don't. While we were uh, in between there, uh, Dan sent me a, a very interesting video. Uh, we were talking way before the show, and you're like, you know, we we're just kind of, you were kind of shooting the breeze. You're like, hey, well, you know, where's this gonna go? You know, what you want to talk about? I'm like, it can go anything. I mean, you know, if you've seen a ghost before, and you're like, oh yeah, I've got video of ghosts on camera. And the video you sent me, you know, you're doing a, and I, I obviously you were like watching it, so you were like you saw in the background. Like I've seen a yeah. lot of videos like that where people don't even notice things, or really like people like creep around there. There's clearly an object that I thought came out through the rafters and then hit like a 90-degree U-turn and went out. And you're like, no, it came through the wall. And I slowed it down. And, yes, it came through the wall, went around, and shot back out. It, it went it went out of the wall because I had wood paneling like I have. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, had, I had the downstairs. This, we're at a new house now. But uh, I always do the radio show down there on Sunday nights in St. Louis. I just do it from Iowa. And – I didn't see it with my eyes. I was looking at the screen and all of a sudden I see something Well, it flies out of the wall and it comes out and it goes right into the wall in front of me. And I never saw that. I saw it in the screen. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It up. I didn't see it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, you were looking at I, And then I just I looked at it and I said, did you see that? <laughs> Cause it's like, what was that? Was that the first time you'd ever like three or four? That was the first one, but I had it happen to me over a couple of years, uh, like two or three times. I think it was four times total. I had one where there was a real loud pop, and all of a sudden it came flying right through my shoulder, and it was, it's pretty cool. I don't think it liked me talking on the air, to be honest with you. <laughs> I've always been curious, like, when people move into houses that are haunted, how long does it take? Because you always hear about, like, I don't know. I've been watching a bunch of weird TikToks and either people are doing like there, there's been a couple of weird ones where like this guy's like, I'm from another dimension where nobody lives in New York and they're literally walking around the streets of New York and no one's around. Like how are they? And they're going live. It's, it, it's either really good. That's or, CG. Ah, it's their it's gotta be CG. I, I mean, come on. But I don't know. It, it looks really, really creepy. Yeah. Uh, but then there's That's, ones like, where you get the haunted houses 
And clearly, people have been living there. They're like, we got to move out. This is getting too bad. I'm like, clearly, all your furniture's there. So you've been there for a while. Like, when did this start? I, I don't think. I mean, like I said, nothing malevolent ever happened to us. I, I think it's funny. I always, because Jenny will get freaked out about something. And I'll just yell downstairs, Casper, leave her alone. She don't like it. You know, and, <laughs> you know? but I, and then, and then, uh, she always says it's because we all the all the animals I got stuffed down here. It's and it, I don't know, could be. I I just I know my mom uh, told me when I was little, and I I believe I believe it's real. But uh, when her mom and dad got married in Kentucky, they were staying in an old farmhouse uh, for like a week or two on their honeymoon, and every morning when they get up, their dresser drawers would be pulled out, and they put them they push them back in next morning, they'd be pulled out. Nobody else was there. You know, that, that kind of stuff. I love little ghost stories. That's why I loved uh, Coast to Coast with Art Bell and stuff. I have, I've I've always enjoyed listening to that stuff. So. I, 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 man, I, I'm a big, I, obviously I'm a big believer in like the paranormal, the alien life and all, and all that, all that jazz. I've, I've personally seen enough stuff that I don't deny. I, I know people have lived in this, in, like in a, in the house that I experienced this. And I've talked about this a couple of times. There was a, there was one time these, this guy went and lived in this basement. They're like creepy stuff happens out in this basement all the time. We heard footsteps stomping, coming up the stairs and we look down the stairs and you can hear the stomping coming at you. Like you can hear it like someone's walking, but there's no one there. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, it's just making creaks. And like, no, it's a footstep pattern. I know what a footstep pattern sounds like. I've seen that. Now I'm like, okay. You know, I had some like, I'd, I'd seen some shadows move in some interesting ways. That's why I laugh about them. Like, how can you see? But I've actually seen them. Be like, I, I can't explain. I'm like, there, there has to be an explanation. But man, when you see like a shadow and you say something and it looks like it turns around and then disappears into the wall where there's like no way that a light could it that happened to me in my old apartment. I'm like, is someone there? And then like it turned and then just went back. I'm like, Bleh. and my dog's just sitting there watching it. And I'm like, okay, so if my dog's seeing this, like there, there's gotta be something to it. You know, it's who who's to say that, you know, it's not just leftover energy. I mean, life is too complex for us to try to figure out, you know, whether we're living in a simulation, whether, you know. God, I hope we're living in a simulation. I, I want my money back if we're simulated. I'm telling you. Yeah, I'd be I'd be pissed. If I'm like, man, if, if we're living in a simulation, I'm like, did you have to make me fat? <laughs> i'm like you know i'm like hey there's a there's certain parts of my body that uh you guys didn't uh put enough ones and zeros in didn't add yeah. enough data i am five seven <laughs> well it's like i mean you get out there you get to see stuff i mean i i've seen stuff that and i feel sorry for people that don't get out and do bow hunting or get out and turkey hunt or whatever um I, you know you get to hear and see things that you never dream of and I, you know, life's too short, man. You got to be adventurous and get out there and get after it. You ever had any uh, creepy, uh, creepy experiences out in the woods? Uh, as far as animals or anything else? Uh, yeah, wait, wherever. I mean, anything else? Nah, uh, uh, I mean, nothing's ever thrown rocks at me, or you know, no, no big knock, no bigfoot knocks or nothing like that. But um, I, you know, I, I tell you what, I just, I've had an owl fly right at me. I've had a bear come come charging at me. I mean, that's creepy enough. Yeah, I'd, I'd put that up there. 
I've like, I've had weird feelings out there. Like I've had, I've had just feelings of like, you know, you're sitting out there all alone. You just kind of look behind you. You're like, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, just something's off. Yeah, you know what that usually is, Steve. That's usually a doe. It's a doe's up there watching. You already got you picked out. <laughs> yeah. Just wait, yeah. but yeah, you just look back and see all the white tails running. Oh yeah, yeah, them does are smart. I, I still, uh, my humble opinion, a white tailed doe is the smartest animal in the woods. They, they always are looking, smelling, uh, listening. They're always on alert, man. Yeah, or it's that two uh, hundred inch buck that avoided all trail cameras. Yeah, yeah, they're made <laughs> brilliant animals. That's for sure. It is the the white tailed deer is so fascinating. Uh, you were talking about owls on my, the day before my 30th birthday, I was hunting because my birthday's in November, November 21st, same day as Ken Griffey Jr. You know, see the similarities. Sure. Yeah. You guys are both. <laughs> <home fighters>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you put them on stage. Yeah. Hey, and we both uh, own Traeger grills. So that's a, <laughs> that's another uh, plus everything else though. Uh, no, not quite. Um, <laughs> Actually, uh, his, he's a, well, he's a junior. I'm not, my dad, I'm not a junior. I have a different middle name. I guess that's how that works. But dude, I remember I was hunting. It was like, it was still that darkness where like, you just see something moving and you're like, is that a, like, you're just kind of looking and you could just tell something's moving. Like, that's how dark it is. It's starting to, you know, get bright. And I look and it's like a, a couple of raccoons. And they're just kind of moving away. And I'm like, oh, well, that's uneventful. And I just happened to catch out of the corner of my eye. I didn't hear it. I just saw I saw this owl fly and then get into a branch. And I'm like, I, I like I started cleaning my ears out. I'm like, did I not hear that owl? I'm like, you know, I lift up like my, like I was wearing like a beanie and I lift it up and I'm like, I can hear the raccoons like crunching on leaves. I'm watching yeah. this and this owl stalking them and like, it's a giant wingspan. Like it always throws me off how wide their wingspan is completely silent. Like these birds make yeah. no noise. And I'm like, that is wild. Yeah. They're a, they're a heck of a predator. That's for sure. I actually, I was fiddling around and it was similar. What you were, it was right before the sun was coming up. So, but it was just starting to get light where your eyes are accommodating and you can start seeing stuff. And I reached down and got my range finder and I started ranging because I always range trees around me. That way I don't have to do it if the deer come in. Oh, yeah. And I was, he saw my hand move and he thought I was either a squirrel or something and he was going to come in, but he got about five feet from me and veered off because he, he finally figured out I was a human. But yeah, they're, they're neat animals, man. I, I don't think he had to go to the bathroom the rest of the day after that one. <laughs> Oh, I, I think owls are cool. Owls don't bother me. They, uh, I mean, if they're coming at you, they might bother me. Yeah, the only thing that bothers me are cougars. But since I'm older now, I don't have to worry about that when I'm at the mall too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows I love me some cougars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, cougars hunt you in the wrong places. They only hunt you out in the woods, not when you're, you know, dropping weight and living uh, single. I was in Colorado a couple times. Uh, I've had cougars cut my tracks, you know, going in and then coming back. There's cougar tracks in there where they weren't before. They're, they, they got, I get a little nervous about a cougar, man, because cougars, can they can put a whooping on you, man. 
before you find them, it's. I mean, if if you know a cougar's on you, it's already too late. Well, I haven't had it happen yet. Knock on wood. Yeah, it's. I remember there was this video or uh, this guy a couple of years ago. He's out in Colorado. Some cougar attacked. It was a juvenile, but he like strangled the cougar to death. Like he was fighting for his life. And when he's telling his story, there's this uh, picture of this lady that's like kind of looking at him like. Oh, what a stud. And it goes, well, this isn't the only dealing with a cougar this guy's going to have this week. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but um, t- Oh, wait. Hey, I have one. Hold on. <laughs> I, actually have, I actually have that built into this. I've, I, I never use it. <laughs> uh, no, I... Uh, back to owls. One of the, like... I, It was one of the coolest, but kind of freakiest things I'd ever seen. Uh... And it kind of freaked me out because I had just watched a movie about them. So people like were having these dreams. And I they say it was based on a real story. I can't remember if it actually was or not. But people kept saying they were seeing barn owls in their dreams. And what it really was was they were getting abducted by aliens. Oh, that's called uh, the fourth kind. Yeah, the fourth kind. Now, I don't remember if it was actually. like I, I think it was BS because like, all of a sudden they were speaking ancient Sumerian. I'm like, okay, that, that ties in yeah. too much ancient aliens here. But... I, I thought they had actually done a study where people were going put under hypnosis and then coming up with the same story about being abducted. Yeah. Um, I don't know that the owls had anything to do with it, but yeah, whatever that was in Alaska. I can't I can't remember if I looked it up or not, but you know, either way. Yeah. Uh, if they abduct me, they're not going to like me very much. No, they're like this one doesn't shut up if they get me. I'll just talk the ear off till they take me back. <laughs> He'll telekinesis them to death. <laughs> uh, how you doing? Hey, thanks for picking me up on this interplanetary trip. Okay, what's for lunch? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Dan cutting commercial spots for the UFOs. <laughs> They'd probably well, in her galaxy, but when I do, I always fly Eucalyptian. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I uh. Yeah, I I remember like the, the the barn owls. And dude, one time I was like going to a friend of mine's house, and on the stuff like they this this barn owl gets gets familiar with the area and people, and it just sat on this post and like I remember driving by and the thing just looked at me and I'm like, dude, I was like within two feet from it. I rolled down the window. I'm looking. It just looked at me and didn't move. Yeah. And I get in there. Well, I'm Native f- Americans say that that's your ancestors. Really. That's a Native American belief, yeah. There's a barn owl. Uh, well, owls—they they, that they're they're the spirit of your ancestors looking over you. Nice. My ancestors are like, "What are you doing coming to this party drinking underage?" <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a, it was kind of wild, but um, kind of hunting related. Do you uh, do you, do you follow the Lindsays and stuff, right, Jeff? Yeah, good people. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see that camp that they were at where this guy's like, he's just got like this Rubbermaid tote full of mice, and then they just like hold him up, and there's an owl that comes and grabs it out of their hands? No, I didn't see that. It's That's I, pretty. Yeah, I think it's, it might be down in Georgia, wherever they turkey hunt at, but yeah, it's just. <laughs> it's just that's kind of cool. I've seen I've seen some wild things. Like they're they're a courageous bird, and I guess if they're our ancestors, that would explain why they get so comfortable around us. Yeah, I, they're neat. They're a neat predator, that's for sure. Yeah, I like owls. Owls are cool. So, speaking of predators, uh, are you going? Are you going bear hunting this year? Or? Uh, you know, I haven't been bear hunting probably in five years. I used to go every year. Minnesota, it was great because you could get a tag and then go up there and 
I've got some buddies of mine up in Deer River, uh, Deer River, which is real close to uh, Cass Lake, and a lot of bears. As a matter of fact, that bear that I got you're looking at over my shoulder. Uh, we're doing a zoom so Steve can see where I'm at. Yeah, but that's that's the last bear I shot there. I've shot nine with my bow. That's that's uh, that was a 430 pound bear there, and uh, man. But the problem is uh, they got they cut the tags. It takes you five years to draw a bear tag now. So it's, it's six years since I've been bear hunting. Yeah, because I don't know that they're doing... Do you do a lot of bear hunting in the Dakota area? Not you personally, but people? Is, is there a lot of bears up in the Dakotas? Uh, I don't know about Dakotas. I know Colorado's lousy with them. When I was elk hunting a couple years ago, I saw 22 black bears in seven days. That's quite a bit. Yeah, and I actually got video. I don't know if you saw that one on my, on my Facebook page, but I posted it last... I don't know, several months ago, I had I had about about as big as him, only it was a chocolate color phase bear. And I had him, I was on the ground with uh, my buddy's dad, and he had a crossbow, and I had my regular bow, and I was filming an elk hunt, and he wanted to go with me, and we uh, we were setting up on a wallow. And I had a, uh, you, know, you know what uh, fourth arrow camera arms or Winston is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. So I had a Winston, I had a uh, Winston 2.0 stick out with the elk estrus, and I had, I zip tied it up in a tree and I had that running every three minutes. It was puffing out elk estrus scent. And that bear came into the wall. I just caught movement out of my peripheral vision. And I, I yelled over to Hilly. I said, Hilly, it's something moving over here. And I kind of looked out and that, this big old bear just came out of nowhere down the hill. And he went down to the wallow and he circled around. He got that, he got that cow estrus smell and he went right to me. And he was within five yards of me sitting on the ground. And all I had between me and him was my bow and my camera. And I just kept filming. And, uh, I, and Hilly goes, I got him. And uh, and he just kind of looked at us. He tilted his head a couple times. And he figured out, you know, something wasn't right. And then he turned around and walked away. But, yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty intense – that was a pretty intense exchange. It, I'll never forget that. Even, you know, I never got a shot on that animal, but I'll never forget him, you know. Yeah, that's a – bears aren't to be yeah. messed around with. Although I, I talked to uh, – Steve Eklund, who's uh, he, he's Canadian, <laughs> straight typical Canadian, great dude. But he's like, man, you yanks, man. He's like, man, these bears are just, and it, he he'll get pretty explicit. He's like, man, they're just like raccoons. And he was showing me video of like them in a ground blind, and this black bear is just like kind of sniffing around, and he's just like petting it. I'm like, dude, you are wild. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he does. He's like, God, dude, they're just like raccoons. You don't need to worry about them. I'm like, I, I'd worry about them. <laughs> I, always show, I always show bears a lot of respect. I, you know, anything that can kill you. I mean, a, a 200 pound black bear can kill you if it wanted to. No, oh, yeah, 100, percent dude. Like that's. They're so strong. I mean, it's crazy. It's insane to think about like how much, like what what bears are like packing strength wise, and how fast they can move. Yeah. Just, and how long they can run, especially like a big grizzly. Like you think it's like, oh, that's a big fat animal. Mm, no, like that. That yeah. is just that. That thing's a tank. Oh yeah, and yeah. Well, I think they can run like thirty miles an hour up short bursts. I mean, they're they're not slow, you know. Oh no, they, it's not a short, but they can run for a while. Like there's video of this bear full gallop for at least a quarter mile chasing an elk down. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, uh, I'll I'll try and find it and send it to you. But yeah, someone was in the air and. It it chases this thing down for I mean it's a good distance. I mean they're up in there quite a ways and you can see it and it finally catches uh 
catches elk trying to cross a river. Like, it's nuts. And that that makes me more scared to go out in the wilderness like that. Because I'm like... Well, you, don't to, you don't have to worry about that in Illinois, do you? No, you don't, really. I really don't. Or, well, Iowa, we had a, I had a bear come down through... Yeah, they come out of Decorah down that way. They'll yeah, come down here by you. Yeah. Where was the... Uh, North, northeast Iowa, there's there's black bears. Yeah, that's uh, I got some buddies from that area. Um, yeah. Actually, I don't know how many there are. Yeah, yeah, I had permission to hunt up there. They'd seen them. You know, there's guys that are like, yeah, we've we've seen them up here before, but it's not like not very common. But you know, I guess it's well, that, don't, we don't have a bear season, so don't hunt them. Yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Otherwise, the other kind of bear with a badge is going to come and see you. Yeah. Yeah, the Smoky Bear and his buddies, and the, the McGruff, the crime dog, is going to be sniffing you out. They're good eating too. That's one of my favorite proteins to eat. Uh, bear meat's really good. I do. I do an annual charity dinner for kids with cancer called the uh, Beast Feast here in Des Moines. I think we've been doing it uh, 16, 17 years now, and whenever we have bear, it's always the first thing that's gone. I've man, I've been curious to eat bear. Uh, I've been curious to like try to uh, try a couple different animals. I know uh, some of the WCB boys. I guess they ate coyote for the first time. Yeah, I didn't. I was back coyote straps, wasn't it? I think so. Back yeah, is it, I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I, it could be okay. I mean, I guess I, I don't know if they eat a whole lot of decaying flesh. I've never, yeah, I've never had coyote. I've had uh, I've had mountain lion or cougar. Cougar is really good. I've heard. Um, yeah, but I haven't had uh, yoke yet, so. Yeah, I've I've stayed away. I mean, I I don't think, and now this is going to sound you know, like I never grew up hunting, but I've been around enough hillbillies. I don't think I've ever had squirrel. Squirrel's delicious, man. That's that's. I'm telling you what, with the price of gas these days, I think more people should be out there squirrel hunting, filling their, their freezer. Squirrel, it's what's for dinner. I man, I've seen a I've seen a lot of ways to clean them, and they. It looks kind of horrendous, no. but they're like, "Oh, this is the best way to do it." You know, you make a little cut. Fried, fried squirrel, grilled squirrel, squirrel and dumplings, squirrel and noodles. I mean, it's it's all good, man. It's all good. It's all good. I try, I try, I try squirrel and dumplings. I think. Yeah, I don't. It was good. I don't know about possum or raccoon. I don't think. I don't think raccoon would be very good. City raccoon, especially not. <laughs> City raccoon. I don't think I've had. Uh, I don't think I've ever had possum. I've had raccoon. Raccoon's not bad. It's a little greasy, but uh, I, you know, man, my mom gets mad at me because I haven't. We don't. We just growing up in Missouri. Uh, squirrel season's Memorial Day every year, mm-hmm. and that's like that's like a that's like a state holiday, man. When squirrel and uh, black bass season opens up on Memorial Day weekend, uh, no, squirrels are great protein, man. I've I've heard. It's just I've never. I think I've squirrel hunted maybe once or twice in my life. Yeah. It's it's the dumbest thing because when you're sitting there hunting, all you see is squirrels. And the minute you go out hunting, it's like, dude, where are all these squirrels at? Well, that's because Bigfoot's got them in the other dimension. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's protect <laughs> Bigfoot's a protector of squirrels. That's why you never yeah. find Bigfoot or squirrels when you're going to find them. Absolutely not. It's yeah. when they're when they're put in danger, they're gone. That's why no one's ever got a shot at Bigfoot. Oh well, no. so you know. I'm going up to Alberta moose hunting this fall. I can't wait for that. I've been wanting to do a moose hunt for ever. That's one. That's one of my bucket list hunts. And I was able to get a really nice elk on Respect the Game TV uh, two seasons ago. Paul Biggs was out there with me, and I love Paul. Uh, I shot, I, yeah, he's a 
Big Z's a good guy. And I was able to get a nice show done and got a 25, 26 yard shot with my bow. And I'm, I'm hoping I get a moose. If I get a moose, I bought a, uh, oh, Steve, what do you call the enclosed trailer? I bought an enclosed trailer because I'm going to take a camera guy and uh, I got another friend of mine that's going on the hunt. So we're going to take like five, six big grizzly coolers. And uh, if I, if we get a moose, we're bringing every ounce of protein back because that's one of the best meats you could ever eat. Yeah, I've seen, I've I, I have, believe it or not, seen a moose in the wild. Yeah. It was really strange where we saw it. We were, uh, I was with an ex-girlfriend and we were north of Winnipeg. And we're coming by and I just happened to look down the road. And I just see this cow just crossing the street, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" That the, it was huge. It's all legs, man. They're I, they're, they're, they're giants. They stand yeah. like seventy feet to like it. You could tell it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, I'd seen some deer up there, and yeah. I was like, when I was golfing, dude, like the deer were just like bedded on the fairway. I'm like, could you guys move? Like people feed them all the time. I'm like, all right, if I smack a deer with a, with this Callaway ball, dude, it's it's over with. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, seeing that moose, that was insane. And then um I can't remember who shared it, but they had a moose backstrap like on their table. And it was all of eight, nine feet long abouts. Incredibly long. I'm like, dude, that doesn't even make sense, like how long a backstrap would be in that animal. So then you gotta start thinking about how large those animals are. And if like you never seen one like stuffed in a, a you know, museum or anything. You just really don't appreciate the size of them. Yeah, they're 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 a really cool animal. So I'm hoping I'm hoping uh, my buddy gets one or I get one and get an opportunity. So I'm trying to talk Mac into going up, but I think he's going to be out in Montana or Nebraska. But I'd love to have Larry Mack up there with me, but I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. So Larry Mack's the uh, Larry Mack's the dude. I hadn't I hadn't talked to him. Oh, hell of a lot. Yeah, you know, the past couple of years, it's just, uh, yeah, not not for like any sense of us falling out, but that's kind of just how it always was. I did catch him at either shows, um, but with the the COVID era, it wasn't, you know, we weren't weren't seeing a whole lot of each other, weren't seeing a whole lot of other people. But I remember at the Iowa Deer Classic, getting up there, seeing you, talking to you for a little bit, and I uh, brought my girlfriend around and. I remember I went to the bathroom and I come out and like Larry's is talking because we we got to talking to Larry and stuff. And she was like, she kept asking me, she's like, all right, who's that? Who's that again? Who's this again? Who's that? Weren't we just talking to him? Who is this? I come out from the bathroom and then there she is just talking to Larry, old Larry (laughs) Mag, left lane Larry. And I come out there. I'm like, oh, hey, cool. Like, how'd you know how to find Larry? She goes, I know Larry. (laughs) Like, no, all the people that you could remember, it's Larry Mack. <laughs> yeah. I, I retired Outdoors Traditions uh, three years ago, and I uh, I wanted to keep doing TV, but I didn't want to have my own show anymore. It's just too much work, and uh, you, me and my, my buddy Jeff and I did it forever, and I Larry, I said, hey, how about if I just come over with you and Ryan and Paul and let me do a few shows and just be part of the team? He goes, come on. And uh, I, I, there's not much I wouldn't do for Larry McCoy. He's one of my buddies. I, uh, I really, he's one of the nicest guys in the industry. Yeah, I love, uh, I love that dude. I love uh, most of the Respect the Game crew too. Uh, Great crew. I Ryan did. Paul, Eric, Josh, K 
can't everybody's a good guy. I didn't get to see uh I didn't get to see Ryan this year. He uh he didn't make it up. Kent's Kent's super good shit. Um yeah. he's always checking in with me, like I'll talk to him. If you don't know, folks. What's that? So that's Ryan's dad if you don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Kent and Ryan Huser. Um Paul Biggs. Super yeah. nice guy. He invited me down to Oklahoma a couple years ago to hunt, and that never really made it, but you know, it was it was timing issues and all that stuff. And it dude, he was always always gonna do what he could for me and I love that crew. Um Good guys. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think who uh who else there was someone else that made a made an appearance on there and I can't think of off the top of my head. But I was uh, I uh P Vitty P Vitty's on there once in a while. Yeah, yeah, P Vitty and all those guys and you know Dude, <laughs> you got you got you got the guys from Small Town Hunting. They're on the show quite a bit. Okay, yeah, those guys, Cody, uh, Cody, Cody, and uh, Cody and the gang. Yep. Yeah, it it was it was kind of like one of those you know crossover shows and stuff. And I I'm a big fan of uh, like I said, I'm just I'm just a big fan of everybody involved in that. You know, great dudes. I'm really I was really glad to see you get pulled in and be part of that team because i'm like that's a nice little level that now that show can expand too. you know obviously with doing what you do blending in now you can plug that to a, a new market or you know people might see the show and then be able to tune in and um you know with the outdoor app that you got now they're going to be experienced to quite a lot of new people it's it's a fascinating thing and i love it it's the hunting industry is a really cool place, and you're going to meet some of the best people on the planet. Yep. In here, I mean, yep. you, there'll be some buttholes too, but. <laughs> well, that's that's in anything, Steve. I, uh, I mean, ninety five percent of the people in the industries are just solid, good people, and you know, you, one of the things I remember when I started, I you know, I don't, I always will remember where I came from. You know, I and when I started and. I'm ne- I've never said that I was a better hunter than anybody. I've never said that I'm a better fishing person or an angler be- than anybody. If, if someone shoots a bigger deer than me or turkey or catches a bigger fish, I'm happy for them. You know, the only, the only competition I've ever had was between the animal I'm hunting and myself. And other than that, I, I, there's never been a, a thing. I love what I do. I mean, I think that's why we've been on for so long, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping to do the show with them another five, six years, and then um, I'm hoping to keep the radio stuff going for another ten or fifteen. And by then, I'll be too old, and I'll be a greeter somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did I, my uh, my goal is to retire at fifty five and then go work at a golf course. Yeah, there you go. Like that's yeah. a that's my ultimate goal because man, I want to enjoy retirement. You know, yeah. is it- I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Bigfoot tours when I retire. You know how much money you could make where you could just have like all these signs like mocked up and like there's a there's a guy out by you that does Bigfoot tours. I think he charges like five hundred dollars a person and it's it's like a weekend and you go out for the weekend and, you know, they they go out there and they bang on uh, trees and they whoop whoop and uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they they sit there with uh, FLIR, the FLIR, uh, forward imaging uh, stuff and they get out there and. The guy gets like five, four or five hundred bucks. A, uh, it's either a person or a couple, but uh, he's got to be making a killing, man. It's if you actually believe you're going to find Bigfoot. I mean, if you actually do on that one, 
great, but he's tromping around the area. You know, he's pushing Bigfoot out of the area. Bigfoot knows where he's at, so that that's not going to happen. But imagine you pay five hundred bucks and you actually see Bigfoot. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be. But you also pay five hundred bucks to just go hang out, be out in the woods for a weekend. That ain't hey, not a bad deal. Yeah, oh, there's there's people spending money, man. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna get spam. I'll get spam to sponsor it, and I'll I'll be putting out spam uh, spam uh, appetizers for Bigfoot and, <laughs> and sure, you know. that stuff that's stuff good forever. So I just saw uh, a recipe, and it was from that Hawaiian bread, King's Hawaiian bread. Oh, yeah. Huh? Yeah, fried spam. Well, they With took. Pine- no, it was it was even better. They took um they did it like kind of like Asian style and they did like sticky rice and um did a couple other things and like fried the spam and made a sam so it was like a like a spam sushi sandwich. I'm like, yo. Um, yeah, well you know what the number one selling meat product in Hawaii is? It's not spam. It's it's not- is it actually it's spam, spam still? Yeah, spam is the number one processed meat product in, in Hawaii. Yeah. I think, man, I've been wanting yeah. to smoke some spam. <laughs> hey, spam stir fry is supposed to be pretty good. I've heard. I mean, you know, I've heard of fried spam sandwiches. People are like, dude, it's it's good. I mean, you know, there's guys that still cook with it regularly. Oh, spam, spam and eggs, man. I might try it. Yeah, I'm telling you, Bigfoot, he'll be all over that. <laughs> dude, that's why. That's why he's he's just making his way to Hawaii. When he, when he finds out what goes down on Hawaii, Bigfoot's going to yeah. take over all the islands. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's awesome. Damn. Well, we <laughs> are going to be like four minutes away from uh from this video chat ending because I'm uh, so cheap. So we could either probably continue or we could wrap it up and uh, try for another uh, another week to do uh, another episode part two. It's uh, it's whatever you want to do you know yeah it's it's totally up to you i mean we'll we'll, we'll run another one i got enough uh, i got enough battery life uh in this and uh you want to do one more we can do that yeah let's go ahead and do one more so actually let me uh, get ahead of the curve i will end this one and then we'll uh, start a new one right away what did the mummy say to his girlfriend <laughs> let's wrap it up let's wrap it up <laughs> 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 Good lord. All right, I'll uh I'll restart this. I'll see you on the uh, other side of this one. All right, bud. Hey, we're back here from the Steve's Broke Cause, and just like to thank all of our listeners for sticking in here with me and Outdoors Dan. Dan, you recently said in an interview that you could not believe how these young kids are trying to come and take your job, and Dan, I gotta know, what are you gonna do about it? Who, me? Yeah, you. <laughs> no I'm kidding. Go for it, man. We need more outdoor communicators. Hey, I'm, hey, if I can do it, anybody can do it, Steve. I've already said that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've I've done some stuff in my life too where I finally understand that. Where I'm like, man, if I was able to do that, you sure can too. And I like, um, I I, I do like what you're doing. I like that. Uh, there is something about hearing outdoors on the radio that is really cool. And one thing that's, you know, just been lost to me, like growing up in the quad cities, like in the cities, man, we don't get to hear a lot of this cool stuff. Like I remember I was, ah, man, where was I? I was down around the Burlington ish area. And you just heard over the local country radio. They're like, Hey, don't forget about KGX 
R, I don't even know if that's the name, I'm just four random letters, KGXR Big Buck Contest. And I'm like, what? Like a radio station's doing a big buck contest. I'm like, well, there's a shitload of hillbillies that live in this area. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's. That, that, that's Those real folks live for that stuff, man. It's cool. You know, that's. I like that because number one, it's deer hunting on the radio. Number two, yeah. it kind of gets the community involved. You know, you're you want to be proud. You want to make that list and let everybody in the town know about it. You know, I mean, obviously, you don't really want to let everybody know we're shooting these big deer because <laughs> once they catch catch word, we're shooting these monsters at. Yeah, the, I'm telling you right now, if the gas prices keep going up and inflation, and we the recession. There's going to be more people out there hunting and fishing just to fill the freezer and feed their families. I mean, it's it it's the 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 one thing about the pandemic that I've and I've said this for the last two years. The one blessing out of that whole thing was it got a whole new generation of folks into hunting and fishing because that was the only thing they felt safe to do. And a lot of them, Steve, got hooked on it. So you know that's that's really cool. You know, but uh, I think everybody should be involved in a big buck t- uh, contest or turkey contest or. Hey, uh, you know, I, I, I just think, uh, you know, you put you put a rod and reel or a bow or a shotgun in someone's hands and teach them how to use it and teach them good ethics uh, and get them, get them out there. And they're going to learn life skills they are going to be able to carry through the rest of their lives. And they're going to be a better person for it. Absolutely. And I, I agree 100%. I do yeah. enjoy your positive outlook on life. Um, I'm not going to take that. Uh, where I'm going to take this podcast next. Fair warning, Steve's conspiracy th- theories are about to come out. And this might go down a deep, dark thing that oh, we right. might have some uncomfortable truths. Um, yeah, that might be true that more people might be out there hunting and fishing. And I've had, it be, even before this, I, um, you know, Joe Rogan always did a really good job of getting a lot of people really interested in hunting. They're like, man, I want to try deer. You know, we we know where it comes from, which... I always love that that people say that. It's like, well, I know where my meat comes from. I'm like, very true, but you also don't know what that deer is actually eating <laughs> all the time. Well, yeah, now it's eating GMO modified corn, so. <laughs> no, that's, that's not where I wanted to go. Well, kind of. But yeah. here's here's what I think a, a realistic thing is going to be. If they... if they and you know who they are the government they the powers it be yeah if they find out that's where we're getting most of our meat from now what do you think is going to happen to the price of tags well i don't think tags are going to go up dramatically i mean you know i you know i i don't know enough uh about illinois um even though i talk to a lot of folks in illinois every week on the radio um uh, i their their dnr I just don't get a lot of information about what's going on, but I don't think your tag prices has went up. Iowa, as far as residents, haven't went up dramatically. Missouri. Oh, I'm an Iowa the- resident. Oh, you are. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I haven't seen dramatic increases. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, um, I just got, I just, uh, what was that last year? I got free hunting and fishing permits the rest of my life. Cause I'm a veteran. Um, I just found out that I've, since I got a disability, um, and uh, they found out mentally I'm not capable, but uh, I just I got a uh, lifetime hunting and fishing thing, which is nice. But I, I think economically, Steve, everybody can afford a fishing license or a hunting license, and you know they might not be able to go out and afford a four or five thousand dollar hunt, you know, at a somewhere out of, out of state. But 
you know, there's a lot of uh, public hunting around. Uh, Illinois got good ground. Iowa's got some good ground. Missouri's I, the thing about growing up in Missouri, I could drive anywhere in 35, 40 minutes and find a place to hunt or fish. You can They've do got, that. Yeah, you yeah. can do that in Iowa for sure. Even like it being in Des Moines, you can drive 30 minutes and be at public hunting. Illinois, because I, I did grow up in Illinois and yeah. I first started hunting in Illinois, but I moved to Iowa just because better opportunities. Um, trying to uh, find public hunting in Illinois, it it, it ain't happening. It's like you. There's isn't, isn't there good outside of Peoria and there's some hunt, public hunting spots out there. I've, you know, I've heard, I know a couple of guys from down there that have got some decent spots. Um, yeah. uh, in the quad city area where I first started, there's really good deer around, but it's just, it's, it's hard to find, find good public hunting. Um, now but when you're talking about two, we're talking about filling the freezer. You can do that on does. You don't. Oh have yeah, to yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but then again, you know, with with as little as little spots as there are, there's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot more congestion. Uh, granted, right. you'll find that too, because in you know, especially around the area where I'm at, man, you'll be able to drive, and there'll be like a, like a ten, you know, ten fifteen acre little piece that butts up to some other stuff that you might be able to get a shot at something. You know, if you're just yeah. trying to fill the freezer, which I, the older I'm getting now, I, I've, I haven't shot like any monster bucks. I've got a couple shoulder mounts. They're cool, but as much as I'm working and all this, dude, I start to see a doe come out. And I'm like, man, that thing is going to be delicious. <laughs> There's not much of a finer meal than sloppy doughs man i mean you get sloppy doughs and some tater toss and french fries that's that's a meal for a king right there man. there is a uh, love- dude there, there's actually sloppy dough. yeah there's a um a dude who actually just passed through he does like camp hunting meals like now he's a uh, he's doing it's called ellsworth cooks um and he actually uh linked up with uh with colin cottrell who Colin's an awesome dude, but he's working with Tacticalories, and Tacticalories is doing their outdoor version, and they've got, uh, you can get like this meat, it's a marinara sauce, and then they've got their big game bruiser blend, which is fantastic, and they're based out of New York, so they're catering to like nothing but hunters, uh-huh. and they took like a recipe, and I've been meaning to do it, where it's, you know, venison, that marinara and then that big game blend in a cast iron and those sloppy doughs. I'm like, I could imagine how good those are going to be. Well, you were talking about those Hawaiian buns earlier. You, you know, you get that, you get that ground venison and cut up a really nice white chopped white onion. And, you know, I, I like cookies flavor enhancer myself. Shameless plug. Dude, I... <laughs> uh, yeah. Cookies from Iowa. You like cookies. Uh, I do. Yeah, you put that in there and brown that up and then drain off whatever little fat there is. And then you add uh, your favorite, uh, you know, you could do marinara, you could do tomato, you could do cookies, barbecue sauce. And I'm telling you what, man, that's that's good eating. My kids always love sloppy doughs. Where is cookies out of? Is it Wallard, Iowa? Wall Lake. Wall Lake. Wall Lake, the home of Andy Williams. Really? Yeah, the singer. Yeah, back in the 50s, Andy Williams. Yeah. Huh. I yep. I remember the first time I'd ever had cookies barbecue sauce. Now there's a there's a running joke on the uh, on the thoughts from a Steve series that I do the Patreon for the working class 
we've uh-huh. re- <laughs> we've referenced Sweet Baby Ray's because Mark Zuckerberg like put it on his bookshelf and he always talked about it. So there's the theory that Sweet Baby Ray's is brain sauce. Like there, that's how the government's actually using to get because it Sweet Baby Ray's is everywhere, and you know you see it in every single home, and then all those people are always like thinking alike like they're all it's a giant group thing so there's got to be something that the government's putting in there not cookies <laughs> not, not cookies barbecue sauce you want to be part of the mind control effort from the federal government just just try cookies barbecue sauce it's fructose safe and it won't control your mind there you go dude <laughs> i love that i do nothing but plug dude, it's sweet baby because it's me and D- mustache doug and we're just idiots and we started talking about that uh, sweet baby rays, and now it's mug root beer. Like, there's this whole internet culture, and I, I, it's, dude, it's. If I try to explain this to you, mug, mug root beer is awesome, man. See, hey, <laughs> you're starting to get. It. And by the way, if you guys uh, out there want to know what I'm talking about, go to uh, Patreon.com, Working Class Bow Hunter, and sign up for the Hunt Camp Hero um, series. I don't think I've ever actually plugged it here, but yeah, you get all the exclusive uh, content. Uh, you get to hear that. You also get to hear first looks at episodes and discounts on WCB merchandise. I should plug that more here. But uh, anyway, cookies. By the way, cookies yep. is it's uh, it's the sauce America loves to eat. Yeah, that now that flavor <laughs> enhancer. I will tell you this. Uh, you can overdo that, and I'm telling, and they they might they might get mad, but that bottle. Depends on how much you cook. Should last you almost a lifetime. Now, the flavor enhancer is in that little jar. Yeah, that little bot, dude. I've. Hey, you want? Hey, you. Next time you're watching a scary movie, or you and your girlfriend are watching your rom coms, or whatever you guys watch, uh, put that on. Pop, pop some popcorn and put that in there, and oh. popcorn. And text me back and say if that's not the best lip smack and brain thing you've ever had in your life on popcorn. I, I I bet now here I will um I will back that up with a post like uh I've been doing a lot of cooking lately. I have never yeah. ever been able to recreate the very first pulled pork I ever did all on my own smoked. And it was like this was like during the pandemic a couple years ago and I was actually living with Doug, funny enough. I did a coffee brown sugar I think I did Lowry's and I got a pic. I actually pulled a picture of it up not too long ago in cookies flavor enhancer. And yeah. I'll tell you what, mixing those together on a pork butt, smoke it for seven, eight hours, you know, do all the wraps and all that good stuff. Man, there's something about that coffee and brown sugar that built up that crust, but you could tell that yeah. flavor enhancer. And you could, it was, it was coming through in a big, big way. And I probably on like a nine pound pork butt, I maybe used a quarter of that bottle and it was still, it was still cutting through like, Oh, I, I bet that coffee and, and, uh, the brown sugar caramelized on that thing really good. I, I bet that had great bark on it. It it did. And, you know, I've been trying to chase that bark, but I got a pellet grill. So, you know, I'm not going to get well, like offsets do, but, uh, Man, it's you know I'm I, I'm still learning. I'm yeah. trying. I'm out there every weekend. I'm trying something new. You know, I do. Uh, I do got to support another Iowa boy. That uh-huh. he's my boy. He's from Des Moines. Yeah, who's that? Big Mo Kason. Oh, 
Yeah, Big Mo, he's awesome. Dude, I've been yeah. uh, I've been trying to get him on this podcast. <laughs> he, he he finally started following me on Instagram, but he uh you know, there there's nothing better than a guy that he's a vet too, so you got to support yep. him. He yep. loves guns, golf, cigars, beer, and he hunts. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's a great chef too. He's got great food. Yeah, he was doing um What was that show? He goes down to the uh God, not the double the, H- the the Royal, the Barbecue Royal. No, he goes down to um him and this other guy. They were doing a a a show where he'd go down and it was like for like veterans TV or something like that. And I found mm-hmm. it on YouTube. And he went down to that uh, that baseball player's house that was from like Buck Commander. And they go down there every year and like they'll hunt and he'll cook for them. And they were doing like a cooking series and it was. It was cool, man. You know, I've I've learned a lot just watching him over the years, like just different techniques and. Yeah. No, I, I he's a good guy. I I can't get him on either, so don't feel bad. I've, <laughs> yeah, I've seen him two or three times, and like, come in, can we get you on the radio? Um, he's so busy, you know. Yeah, I mean, if he's any free time he's got, he's doing his classic cars, and I'm like, yeah, you can't blame the dude. Yeah, but yeah. I I buy all of his seasonings. I go to a local hy V and you know, I I his. Not a knock on cookies, because I, I love cookies. But man, Big Mo Quesans I ten sauce—that's hard to beat. Yeah, hey, you want to try something really good uh, next time? You get some uh, venison or um, uh, like turkey grilled uh, wild turkey breasts and stuff. And do you like stir fries? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm dating. Yeah. A, I'm dating a Thai lady. <laughs> uh, some of that cookies Korean barbecue sauce. It's stir fry in a bottle, man. You put that. You, t- you take your take your turkey or you want to do chicken or if you want to do venison and uh like you could do that with tenderloin or a backstrap and just slice it up and throw it in the pan get your water chestnuts and your snow peas some onions red peppers green peppers and put, put that korean barbecue sauce in there and stir fry it that is amazing man you're, you're gonna love that too i was just getting some flack because i've never actually had korean barbecue i've had like bagolgi there's a kind of a fusion place not too far away from here but my uh, my girlfriend, she's been dying, like not like dying, dying. Well, hopefully not. She's got like um, uh, hyperthyroidism, so she's had to be on like a low iron or low sodium diet, uh-huh. or what a low iodine diet forever. So she's like, I want Korean barbecue. So we're looking. I'm like, and there ain't nowhere around here. But I suppose I could make it. But I got plans to smoke a brisket this weekend. Well, there you go. Which how much is that? Three hundred bucks. I didn't actually. I haven't got a bought one. I found one for like a hundred. She actually just sent me a picture of one. I told her she to pick it up, but I responded to her too late. It was like forty six bucks for a fourteen pounder. I'm like, oh, you need to get that. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. But that it's so, gonna be it's gonna be my very first one. I'm a little nervous. Oh, you'll be all right. That's, you'll that's be all right. did you do the uh, did you do the which part of the brisket? Did you do the flat, the point, which one, what part? Well, I'm gonna uh, the, I'm gonna do the whole the whole thing, whole yeah. thing because I want to do that and then do the burn ends. Yeah, that's 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 candy, man. That's all. And I I yeah. think what I'm going to do I think I'm going to do the Big Mo Quesan brisket rub. He's got a Texas brisket rub. I'm I'm on the fence about it like I trust him enough, but I'm like I think if it's the first one I kind of want to do it the classic Texas style just salt pepper garlic. Yeah. You know, some of that flavor enhancer probably wouldn't be too bad on top of that. 
Oh, I think uh, I, I don't think you can go wrong with that, Stevie. You know what else I was thinking about too? Cookies wing sauce. Oh, the, the, uh, the yeah, the wings and things. Yeah, the wings and things sauce is top notch. Probably one of the better sauces I've I've ever had. Matter of fact, I <laughs> we were at a restaurant up in uh, Dubuque, Iowa, and we're eating this, and they called it like their firecracker sauce. And I'm like, I, I this is a true story. I'm eating this. I'm like, dude, I need to get some of this sauce to like take home. Like this, the this stuff is dynamite. And the guy's like, yeah, I'll hook it because I was like talking about. He was cool, you know. This long haired dude, like, yeah, bro, I'll totally hook it up. I'm like, where, like, where do you get this? Like, I need to get some more of this. And he, he comes back and he goes, hey, bro, it's just a giant thing of cookies, wings, and things sauce. I'm like, what? I'm like, my mind was blown about how good this shit was, and. Come to yeah. find out, I walk by it almost every day that I'm at Hy-Vee or any grocery store. I'm like, this stuff's this good? Hey, smoke, smoke a chicken and then shred it and then make take that Wings and Things hot sauce and put it in a, a, a metal bowl and then stir it up, and then you'll have buffalo chicken sandwiches. <sighs> oh, that stuff's money. Oh, yeah. Like shredded yeah. chicken. Yeah, you just shred it or you take those meat claws, you know, you can pull mm-hmm. your brisket. You know, just take that and shred it up and then mix in that uh, Wings and Things hot sauce and you put it on a little Hawaiian bun or a little sesame bun, whatever you like, and, yeah, that's money. I, they, Man, we we can't get enough of that when we eat that. That's good stuff. I wonder how good that would be. Now, this might be a little – not sacrilege, but, uh, man, if you could smoke like a whole turkey because I had this thing that I wanted to do, and it's probably either going to happen this month or next – but you know they used to do like Christmas in July. I want to do like Thanksgiving yeah. in June or whatever. Just like smoking yeah, turkey and you know like the stuffing and everything. But man, could you imagine you smoke a whole turkey and get some of that breast meat and then toss that in that wings and things sauce? Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Um, I'm a I'm a fan. I and they're Iowa too. You know you got to support them. But yeah, you know. Hey, there's you know, you know you're talking about briskets one of the best brisket guys out there is that arthur franklin i think it's arthur franklin down in texas i mean uh in that aaron that guy, franklin aaron franklin thank you that's what made him famous uh was you know his briskets they sell out in an hour you know when they open this, his restaurant they sell out i mean it's crazy but i think he just does like a salt and pepper rub uh, uh on his briskets and I mean, it's it's amazing how he's got that down to a science, man. Yeah, they're thinking. I guess they were saying it's probably salt. The salt is probably Lowry's. Um, and I watched a guy. I watched another guy who says that they think that he probably takes beef tallow when he wraps and wraps it. In, uh, it like douses the butcher paper in that. And if you again, this is this is weird that we just talked about this not too recently too. Um, Go to like goldbelly.com and you can get a Franklin, Aaron Franklin brisket, like uh, dry ice shipped uh-huh. to you. And obviously it's like overnighted and you put it in the oven and warm it up. And there's people that have tried it. They're like, I've been down to Franklin's barbecue. This tastes almost exactly like if you were going to get it there. How much was that? Like three hundred dollars? <laughs> man, if you get it for three hundred dollars, you must have had a really good Groupon ticket. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even imagine how much that would be, Stevie. Yeah, I mean, dude, you're getting a whole Franklin brisket for. Yeah. You might be paying upwards of six. Well, 
you know what? All I got to say is if I get a moose this fall, when you guys come to the Iowa Deer Classic next year, Steve-O, you come and see me because we're going to have moose. It's going to be what's for dinner. I Man, I would I would love to have moose. I, that's probably one of my another, – yeah. that's another goal of mine is to try moose. I've heard it's good. I mean, I've had elk right. before, but I've never had moose. Moose is the best deer ever, best cervid there is. It's uh, it's good. I'll, I'll get something, and when you guys – because we'll have the same booth as I – well, we'll have the Outdoor Call radio booth, and Larry Mack will be there. I'll, we'll figure out something. We'll have moose sticks or something you can try. Dude, I'd be, I'd be absolutely pumped. Yeah, when, i got to get one first. You know? <laughs> well, I have yeah. faith in you. Bigfoot rides one in, has his little locks <laughs> yeah. off. You know, gets off the moose and gives me like a 30-yard clear shot and you know, just doesn't get too mad at me because I shot his transportation. Hey, you know what? It served its purpose, and that moose is uh, going to a better cause. <laughs> it's going in the freezer, buddy. That's where that thing's going. Oh, I, yeah. I can't. I can't wait. When is that, honey? You said the fall. Are you going October? Uh, last September twenty sixth or twenty seventh, I think, is when I leave. Yeah. Oh, right on. Well, uh, yeah. Just so we don't get uh, caught up on it on time again. Um, you know, just real quick, like what are your uh, what hunts you got coming up this year? Other than that, you know, you got any other whitetail hunts? Or are you going to do anything before uh, that? Hunt, yeah, I'm going to hunt Iowa. Well, not probably before that. That'll probably be actually one of my first hunts. Um, I I'm, I always go to Kansas if I draw every year down to uh, our buddy's place, Triple H Outfitters, and uh, and then I'll I'll hunt here in Iowa, and then I'll have that moose hunt. And that'll probably be it. Uh, if I get, you know, if I can get that done, that'll get me three, three or four hunts for the Respect the Game TV. And if I get three or four shows done, Larry's going to be proud of me. I, th- I think he'd be, uh, he'd be very happy. Deer <laughs> watcher, because I let these bucks walk, and it's like, would you please just shoot something? Quit watching them. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I'd, I'd be probably really bad for hunting shows because, dude, it, man. That first deer that has antlers, like man, if I if if it's got antlers, dude, I'm, my bow's in my hand. I'm like, I, I I don't got time to play around with this. And not that yeah. I'm not that guy that I can't hold out, but dude, it's it's so fun shooting deer that I just like. Well, the problem is I'm trying to film, so and ninety percent of the time oh, yeah. I'm myself. So you know, I I'm just trying to be camera guy first, and then bow hunter second. It's you know that's why I a lot of the opportunities don't happen because I just didn't think I had the right frame or, you know, it's, it's, it's cost me some nice deer over the years. That's for sure. So, man, you guys are more patient than me. Cause I would just be like, man, can you guys take my word for it? I put a good shot on this deer. <laughs> you guys will see the recovery. Plus it's, it, it'll be YouTube safe. You don't actually see the shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah I to come up with like an arrow cam. So, you know, whenever you shoot the arrow, just, you see it go right to the deer, you know? Oh Yeah. You can track where it goes. That'd be yeah, a, yeah, well, yeah. That'd be kind of kind of nice, but man, that technology is. Oof. I mean, if they ever come out with that technology, the amount of money it's going to cost the first ten years. Yeah. Phew. I I just sit out there with my old Polaroid and tried to get a show done. <laughs> yeah, dude, that'd be awesome to tell a whole hunt with like just Polaroids. You know, you catch the flash. That's how you stop them. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like I gotta wait for this picture to dry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey guys, you really like this story. Hold on, let me develop the film real quick. <laughs> no. But hey, that's that's technology. I guess they. Um, what was that old thing way back in the day? It was uh, uh the Drury's always had it. Uh, damn, dude, it was like a. 
it was like a camcorder, and we've talked about this so many times. Like Mark Drury actually had an old one where it was like it was it was the first thing of its kind, and it was like huge. Was it? Oh, like an old Canon or? Yeah, but it was like it was like the very first trail camera. Trail camera? It was like a trail camera. Yeah, it was like the very first. It wasn't for like film. It was for like like trail camera applications. Uh, I I don't know what was the wasn't Cuddy back or something like one of the first ones out. Yeah, I, man, I you know, and I, I I didn't like I said I didn't grow up hunting, you know, so I never got to go through all the fun times that you know you set trail cameras and they actually took like pictures. So when you had to go get them developed, all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, yeah, the old thirty five mil. When I started hunting, we didn't have trail cameras. We had a little clock, a digital clock with a string. That and was that was called, another thing. Yeah, it was called a trail timer. And you go put it up on the deer trail, and you you know whenever something will walk by, it would pull that cord and pull, and it it'd be flashing when that cord pops. So you get out to your stand, and you'd be all excited because at five fifteen p.m. something you have no clue what tripped that thing, and you were so excited about that. Now you can sit there on your phone and get reveal pictures right every right to your phone. It's amazing how much things have changed in thirty years. It it's all for the better, but you know you start hearing about. Trail cameras going the way of the dodo in like a lot of places. Like, uh, it was like Arizona is going to ban trail cameras like during the season or something weird. It's well, there was there's three or four states that the ones that the cellular, I think it was the cellular camera. Oh, yeah, because there were people that were given the coordinates out, uh, to like watering holes, and it, it was uh, there was a big controversy about all that, but. Uh, before you go and hunt in another state, everybody, just make sure you check the regulations before you go. That way you don't ever have to worry about getting in trouble. So. Yeah. Best thing you can do is a CYA. Cover yeah. your arse. Your arse. Your arse. <laughs> That's for all the British people listening. Yeah. <laughs> I think they stopped listening when we started talking hunting. Uh, no, they they hunt over there. They they just they, uh, they do it differently than we do. Yeah, they do. You know who does it really weird is... Uh, like guys up in like Norway, or I mean, it's not Norway. Like those, like kind of more Baltic. They're they're, they're yeah. kind of wild. We heard about some Irish dudes that. Yeah, those were Vikings. Yeah, <laughs> they 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 go hunt a. Run them down and club them. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit different way. A little Captain Caveman action going on. But it, you know, hey man, if you're out there doing it legally, hey by all means. If it's legal, you know, ethical, you know, I, I don't, I don't judge anybody. Hey, le- legality and ethics, mm, you know, go, uh, go hand in hand. Which, yeah. By the way, that for some reason that reminded me. I, I remember I was going to go down a uh, a wormhole, like really deep conspiracy wise, and I never actually did. But I'll yeah, give well, you. The, I, I thought I steered you out of that pretty quick, but you, it, it, you, I failed. You did. You did. No, it's fine. But hey. We're, we're right up against that, that 10 minutes. I was just going to go into, we were talking about food shortages and how all these food processing places are all now catching on fire. And it's a, uh, it's a scary situation. Like, uh, like every, like uh, so many food processing places are catching on fire. Now there's baby f- food shortages. I was going to go on a tangent about that, but maybe I'll save that for another episode. Yeah, that's all right. Hey, listen, you know, we got a Anybody, if you got, if you're out there and you, you know, if you're a hunter and fishing, or if you're an angler, you're going to be able to feed your family because mm-hmm. you got to do it. So, a country boy can survive. That's right. Yeah, man, did he? Uh, he just is he still alive? Hank, Hank, yeah, Hank Junior, he's still alive. Yeah, yeah, he is. That's right. 
Yeah. Are you are you okay? Are you having a flashback there? No, for some for some reason I was thinking that was a David Allen Coe song, and I don't know why. No, not David Allen Coe. I don't I don't know if he's still around. Is, uh, I don't think I don't think he is, is he? I think he might be. I've seen him once. And I was never a big Hank Jr. fan. I like Hank Sr. and I like Hank Three. Um, yeah. not that there's anything wrong with Hank Jr. It just wasn't ever my cup of tea. Nah, nah. Yeah. That's all right. Hey, but he's uh, he's sold enough records, and I uh, I miss him on uh, Monday Night Football. So yeah, I miss him on Monday Night Football. <laughs> yeah, that's and, a and, yeah. And, <clears throat> anyway, go ahead. When Moving you on. when you talk politics on ESPN, you don't last too long. <laughs> no, you can't say that ain't right. You know, uh, it's it's like hey, voices that's, opinion, whatever you know. That's that's the hardest thing. I I don't talk politics on any of the shows. I don't do it on the Outdoor Call Radio app, and um, you know, because ninety nine percent of the people that listen or, or tune in, they're gonna they're gonna have the same train of thought as I do anyway. So why yeah. why, why worry about it? You know, but there, there's gonna come a time, in my humble opinion, where people are gonna have to start standing up more because some of this stuff is just getting ridiculously out of hand. It's yeah, like like I said, you know, with that food shortage, I think people are starting to see what's going on with the with how the government's handling things, and you know what though. If we're going to keep well, letting it happen, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> here's the problem. When you got $4.45 gas, I mean, some states are over 5 California, some I think it's a 6 or $7 a gallon. It, that affects everybody. You know, and, it, you know, for many, and when you start taking the ability to take food or, you know, necessities away from people because they, they got to pay that much money on fuel, I mean, they're making less money that, you know, that's what gets people attention. I hate to say that, Steve, but it, honestly, if that's what it takes, that's, you know, but things are not good right now. No, they're not. And people are starting to see it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious, I guess, to see what happens, uh, what happens in a few, few months. Yeah. I mean, I if, need, you just got to do what you got to do to take care of your family, you know? Yeah. So. And if you're, uh, if you're really unsure, um, and you want to get into hunting, <laughs> by all means, if you need some tips and tricks, tune into <laughs> Outdoors Dan, and uh, you might learn a thing or two about how to uh, survive during a uh, mass food shortage. Absolutely. Outdoors, the outdoorcallradio.com. Go out there. My email's right there. We got programming listings. You can download the app on iTunes, Google Play, or Alexa. And uh, we're always we're always welcome. Any even Stevie Mo is welcome on the Outdoor Call Radio. Oh well, that'd be awesome. I might uh, I might try to chime in every once in a while. No, you should call in. Uh, we'll get you on the show. We'll talk wrestling and UFOs. <laughs> I'm sure you're. <laughs> I'm sure the the kid and his uh, grand his, his grandfather who are just trying to listen to uh, great hunting stories and reminisce yeah. about old times, and it's like, hey, bro, man, I saw this UFO right after Monday Night Raw. And <laughs> <laughs> everybody welcome to this week's edition of the outdoor call radio hey this week we got stevie mo on and while you're out there trying to get that uh, trout you know we want to talk a little bit about what happened on the south uh, south side cornfield in fairfax county hey did you hear about that ufo they sighted with uh and they had a big old flash stevie mo let's see was it the one in fairfax county or was it the uh one that was spotted over was it oh, actually what was the recent one i heard you know what's really funny if you know what UFON is, right? Uh-uh. UFON, it's the, or I'm sorry, MUFON, MUFON with an M, MUFON. It's the, it's the UFO, the people that follow UFOs. Oh, I actually, 
every Halloween I do a paranormal show on the radio show. Do you? Every Halloween, I really do. Yeah, so I had the local lady in Des Moines that's part of MUFON on, and Des Moines actually had like three or four different UFO sightings in the last 15 years. Really? I'm not making that up. Hey. That, that's awesome. That's the honest guy truth. Yeah, uh, I've I've seen I've seen one before, and it was uh, life changing. I think I was like eleven, twelve years old. Yeah, kind of freaky yeah. stuff. But um, you know, hey, I appreciate you coming on doing this uh, episode and uh, sticking with me through all the um, you know, pause breaks. Which oh, uh, you're good. And thank you. Hey, listen, like I said, I'm just honored that you asked me to to be part of uh, the the show and. I look forward to hearing from you again and seeing you. And I've always appreciated you guys a lot. You guys are good guys. So. Man, we always appreciated you from the first couple of days I met you. And, you know, it was always at the Iowa Deer Classic. And we've uh, kind of been in contact a little bit. And, dude, you've, uh, you've been supportive of me. And, you know, I, I, I want to be supportive of you as much as I can. So anybody that is listening, go check your show out um, and then try to tune in. Can they find your other radio shows via, like, iHeartMedia? Uh, no. The best thing for them to do is just uh, go to the outdoorcallradio.com. Okay. That's, the, that's the website. And then you can, download, you can download the Outdoor Call Radio app, like I said, on iTunes or Google Play or Alexa. That's all free. And then it does, you know, you can just listen to, to all the different shows Monday through Sunday at 24-7. But uh, we do the the local show we do on ESPN in Des Moines, and the, the one in St. Louis, they can find all that out on the radio page on the website. So it's all right there for you. And then don't forget to check out Respect the Game TV on the Sportsman's Channel on Tuesdays and get to see some real hunters with Larry Mack and Ryan and Paul. I'm just there to hold your coffee. <laughs> hey, as long as you're there, right? Absolutely. I'm always there to support them. Absolutely. Well, hey, I appreciate it, Dan, and I appreciate you guys listening. And guys, as always... The Wu-Tang slang is mad fucking dangerous. Later.